This meeting is being recorded. Absolutely, it is. You're never gonna you're never gonna not know it's being recorded. Um, <laughs> Fluid to chill here with Jack Armstrong, voice of the Raptors, former coach, and we're gonna talk about singer question mark with Jack. Hey, Jack, how you doing? Good morning, uh, Anthony and uh, Jermaine. A pleasure to be on with you guys. Absolutely, great to have you. Great to have you. No question about it. I've uh, I've never I've I've haven't really gotten an opportunity to talk to a play by play guy. It's a really difficult job, man. I I just often wonder how you guys get started in stuff like that. Well, uh, in my in my you know as an analyst myself, uh, the way I mm -hmm. got into this is I got fired basically. <laughs> uh, I was a <laughs> basketball coach, and as you know, Jermaine in, in competitive mm -hmm. athletics. You don't win enough, they you know they send you out the door. So mm -hmm. uh, I kind of fell into it a little bit. Uh, my whole objective uh, when I was a young man was to uh, be a college head coach, which I was. Mm -hmm. And um, and you, you know then when you don't win enough, they send you packing. And mm -hmm. uh, uh, so I had a year left on my contract, and uh, at that time I was like I was burnt out. I needed some time away. And I did this for a year. I got hired by the Raptors in 1998. This is my 25th year. Mm -hmm. And um, here I am 25 years later. After my first year, I thought I was going to get right back into coaching again. And the, the funny thing is I had such a great time doing it. Uh, I was like, why the hell would I ever want to coach again? Now, I loved coaching. <laughs> I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I, I, there are elements of it I miss, but there's a lot of elements that I don't miss. Mm -hmm. Very, very stressful. I'm not going to compare it to my uh, my youth team, but man, is it stressful, coach? <laughs> well, you know, uh, uh, these guys are well compensated now. Uh, yeah. You know, if you look at NCAA basketball and football in the United States or uh, any of the, the major professional sports here in North America, mm -hmm. um, these guys are well compensated. Uh, but the, uh, the the challenges of leadership today uh, with the amount of money and uh, individual I, me agendas that take place sure. uh, when, when particularly you're in team sport and you're asking people to value the greater good and sacrifice, uh, it gets harder and harder. Mm -hmm. So, and then your time, uh, the, the pressure on you to win is extensive mm -hmm. and uh, you're disposable. You know, and to, so, win, and uh, to win quick, right? Like, it's not like you have five years to turn a program around it's it's typically they want they want a quick turnaround. Yeah, usually, uh, I would say uh, I've always been a big believer, and and, uh, and, I, and I'm a coach. Uh, I've always been a big believer that you know we're the coach by year three anyway. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I look at my first three years as a head coach. Uh, we were, you know, I had a kind of a, a rebuild. Uh, six and twenty-two, eight and twenty, fourteen and fourteen, and then twenty-three and seven. But I think um, in my third year, we kind of broke through a little bit. And then now, not to, interrupt we, you, not, not to interrupt you, Jack, but can you tell the people at home where you coached before? Oh, uh, I, was, before I, was the head coach, I was the head coach at Niagara University. Right, and, okay. Uh, uh, you know, so that to me in any sport, I think in year three, you want to see mm -hmm. the, the connection, the life, the progress, the direction, uh, the mission statement, the vision. Uh, it doesn't have to necessarily all be locked and loaded and in place, but that a lot of the elements are taking shape. Sure. Uh, but a lot now, uh, a lot of times coaches don't even get to that third year. 
and mm, uh, don't. to see. So it's it's a it's a difficult profession. Now look, guys are well compensated, and I respect that, mm-hmm. and I'm happy for them. Uh, yeah. But you know what? Uh, there's a uh, it's it's a it's a. I, I just finished reading a great book. Uh, Joe Madden, who is a baseball manager, mm-hmm. uh, the book of the book of Joe. Try not to suck. That's the name of the. Of, <laughs> and it's a great book about uh, the push and pull and the uh, pressure of being a, a major pro, high profile coach and mm-hmm. the, and the uh, challenges of managing and teaching and coaching today and also dealing with with ownership and management and the mm-hmm. dynamics and the partnership. It's very good. Sure. Hmm. Now, Jack, with your uh, with your background in coaching and then transitioning into being a play-by-play guy, you know, a lot of people hear about how anal- how analysts can be subjective. How are you able to continuously be objective? Uh, my my job is to tell you why it happened and how it happened. Mm-hmm. And in a game, I'm, my job is to break it down and, and uh, be fair to both sides mm-hmm. uh, and, and be objective. Uh, and, and be able to say, this is, you know, uh, I try to first guess mm-hmm. and say, this is what, this is what I would do if, if I were coaching. But on the other hand, I also do it in a self-deprecating manner because I'm like, Hey, just look up my career record. What the hell do I know? You know, I'm an ex coach. <laughs> uh, so I have fun. You have to do it in a fun way too, and yeah. not take yourself too seriously. So, uh, I think, uh, I try my best to find mm-hmm. that balance every night where, uh, I'm informing and entertaining at the same time. Sure. So, so be, I got to ask you, and I, I feel like I've asked you this before, but I'm going to say it again anyways, because you have some great catchphrases, right? I always tell everybody who listens, and you've met you've met my son, Thomas. Every I know every time he gets a block when he's playing NBA 2K because he's screaming, get that garbage out of here. How, <laughs> and I don't remember when that, when did it start? Did it just happen organically? Or and you were just telling someone said, hey, that's good, or, you know, Hello. No, I, those things. Actually, how did they well, come around? Well, uh, they all come from playing ball, growing up in the schoolyards of Brooklyn, and uh, mm-hmm. people talk. People talking, you know what? On, and uh, so, when a guy blocks a shot in the schoolyard, they don't say garbage. They say, "Get that blank and blank out of here." Get uh, that shot out of here. <laughs> no, that's, I don't think that's uh, the so, word they use. <laughs> a, 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 a little bit more, a little bit more explicit than that, but it's something yeah. similar to that. So. Uh, <laughs> We had a Raptor game one night, and I can't remember who the player was. It might have been Keon Clark or something. Had an amazing mm-hmm. block. And I was I just lost my mind on the air. And then I caught myself right before I was going to say the S word. Mm-hmm. And I said, garbage. So our, <laughs> our uh, director at the time, Troy Clara, the truck, he hit, hit the talkback button after I was done freaking out. And he said, Jackie, that's pure gold. I said, what are you talking about? He goes, that's pure gold television. And uh, he said, use that. Uh, he goes, I love that. He goes, that's a fun thing when a guy blocks a shot, you know, saying, get that garbage out of here. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and then hello was uh, kind of, uh, again, this is all growing up in, in the schoolyards of Brooklyn, a pretty, you know, and again, you get in trouble for it now. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm just being honest. A pretty girl would walk by and you'd go, hello. Like, wow, I'm impressed, right. you know. Mm-hmm. So I use hello when I see a play that really knocks me off my feet, you know, mm-hmm, and sure. obviously we, we have a few uh, guys from Quebec on our team, mm-hmm. Ken Birch and Chris Boucher. So I use bonjour. Um, 
obviously with that. Right. So, you know, so it's just kind of taken off. And I say all these other stupid things, but I have a good time. No, they're they're, like listen, they're, they're yeah. fantastic, and and yeah. since I brought up my son, I gotta thank you because every time I'm at the Raptors game, you always come over and say hi, and you're the only person that gets him to stop talking. And and Jay can attest <laughs> to this; he will jump on oh. as we're recording and just talk we'll basketball just when he's in front of you. He just mm-hmm. so I might have to bring mm-hmm. you over when I got work to do because you're the only <laughs> one to keep him quiet. Uh, <laughs> definitely, thank you for that because the last time, so in Greek culture. When you meet, like, uh, you know, the parent of another child, you know, or whatever, they don't necessarily need to be related, but you always call them, you know, aunt and uncle, Thea, Thea, Thea and Theo. So he says, what do I call him? What do I call him? And I say, you call him Uncle Jack. And so that last time that you came over and said, hi, uh, you went up to to film, uh, you were doing a pregame sh- uh, show. So right yeah. as you left, there was a group of kids behind us. And my, as you saw, he was all very quiet. And they said, how do you know Jack? And he turned around, that's my Uncle Jack. <laughs> of course yeah, sure. uh, so no. again i appreciate it. so thank you for doing that he he loves well it. he's a good he's a good nephew yeah. <laughs> jack um, jack i wanted to ask you oh, go ahead tone i'm sorry no, go ahead go ahead jack i wanted to ask you because you were in toronto from the ground roots like basically when they got started so we go from getting started in 98 to being a competitive team to now actually competing for championships right so we get from one point to the next how does that transition work for you when you see that? Well, it makes my job a lot easier because you're mm-hmm. not tap dancing as much. When the team is bad, uh, you know, you, you got to find ways to keep the viewer entertained, you mm-hmm. know? See, so, you know, I've done a lot of crazy, you know what, you know, singing, dancing on the air, whatever it takes right. to keep people tuned in. Um, we're, we're in so, we're, even when they're winning, though, you're wearing some funny yeah. clothes from Drake. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we have, we have a good time. But mm-hmm. no, it, it uh, you know, obviously Masai Ujiri and Bobby and those guys have done an amazing job here of putting a championship uh, foundation in place. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, so to me, that that it, it's it's been really enjoyable. But it, mm-hmm. it starts right at the top. Uh, the ownership's committed to winning. They spend the money. They'll do whatever it takes. Uh, they do things first class. And then, it, and then you go to, you know, management, Messiah and his staff, and then you have the coaching staff. We've had two great coaching staffs and Dwayne Casey and his staff and Nick Nurse and his staff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then uh, they bring in high quality, high character guys in terms of players, and they really uh, uh, bring in outstanding uh, support staff. So mm-hmm. uh, being around these people and watching them operate on a daily basis, you know, they do things right. Yeah, I'm going to get I'm definitely going to get to our current Raptor team here in a minute. But because Jay asked that question, you and I briefly, briefly once talked about what it was like traveling around with the team when, you know, when Vince Carter at the peak of his popularity. And I never really dove deeper. And and so can you talk to that a little bit? Because it must have been insane traveling like around traveling with that, the, that like circus with the, traveling with the John Beatles. Lennon. <laughs> yeah. John Lennon or somebody like that. I mean, what, what, what are we doing yeah. here, Jack? How's that go? <laughs> well, I, I, uh, I, I, there was no question um, that in my 25 years with the Raptors, he's the only player that brought that kind of attention. <clears throat> and a few things happened there. It was a perfect storm. He went to North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Michael Jordan played at North Carolina. Uh, he came out, Michael was retiring at that point, and he was kind of the, the new chosen one, you know, mm-hmm. from, Chap- from Chapel Hill. And, um, and he just uh, had some amazing dunks and uh, just, you know, he won the dunk contest. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, our play-by-play guy at the time, Chuck Swirsky, you know, half man, half amazing, Air Canada, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chuck did a great job really selling it. And uh, people just caught on to it. And it became uh, insane. Like when we would land in different cities and uh, at two or three in the morning, uh, be mob scenes outside uh, the hotels. And, you know, the only time you really see that is I see in the NBA has been when Michael was, uh, Michael came, when I first saw it, Michael came back to play with the Wizards, Uh, you know, and then LeBron. And, uh, you know, those are a few guys that, uh, and Kobe Bryant, you know, that have had that Shaquille and Kobe in LA that have had that kind of, uh, you know, incredible where people will wait up outside a hotel in the all hours at night and all sorts of weather to get a so glimpse Jack, you're of pulling up. You're pulling up at two o'clock in the morning to a hotel and it's not just the bellhop out there or the receptionist. There's a mob of people at 2.30 in the morning when you pull up to a hotel. Well, when Vince Carter was playing, yes, yes now that's there what I mean. But uh, okay. yes, abs- absolutely. No, absolutely. Wow. Yeah, that was the case. And uh, that's incredible. I- I'll never forget Charles Oakley walking up to two little kids in Chicago and saying, "Don't you have school tomorrow?" <laughs> you know. And, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, but th- well, no, if he no, said it, it that crazy. nice, that's good for that's good for Oakley. If he said it that nice, <laughs> right? Sure, sure. Oh man, since you, Jack, since you, Jack, since you talked about. Uh, your team right now. Since you talked about your team, like, can we talk about your team right now? In, in terms of what's going on with the with, with the group right now, because I look at your group from a talent standpoint, and there seems to be a disconnect. You guys should be a lot better than what you are. Well, a few things. Number one, I, I think expectations were a little higher than maybe they should have been going into the season. I understand they right. won forty eight games last year and they had the fifth seed, but other teams around them have gotten better. And sometimes you have a year where you kind of overachieve a little bit and you hit everything hits right. And this year there's been a lot of injuries. Uh, I mean, I'm in Salt Lake City, Utah, taping this with you guys this morning. The Raptors mm-hmm. lost last night by three. They had a loss the other night at Phoenix. They haven't had OG Ananobi in those two games. In my opinion, if they have Ananobi, they win those games. Right. So their margin of error is slim. And when your margin of error is slim, uh, you need to, I wouldn't say play perfect, but you need to play almost perfect. Mm-hmm. And this group, uh, uh, it just it just hasn't worked out this year. Uh, and, and I've been around, you know, a lot of teams, you know, playing, coaching, and now broadcasting. And there are certain seasons that it just doesn't work. And there are other years that the sparks fly and it just, it's magic. And mm-hmm. this has been what they call one of those years. And mm-hmm. I think it's not for lack of effort because I think these guys try really hard. I mean, they competed their tails off last night for 48 minutes, but there were a few more plays made by Utah. And there was mm-hmm. a little bit better connection that they had maybe than the Raptors did. So, uh, but I'm sure that's something that'll be addressed here in the next few days, potentially at the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. And if not in the off season. Yeah. So I want to, I want to start it. I want to just start with yesterday's game and then I want to expand it out. So if a stat head looked at the numbers last night and they see Fred Van Vliet goes for 34, 12, and 10, the Raptors awesome. shoot over 43% from three. They out-rebound the Jazz. They out-turn over them. 19, the uh, Jazz had 19, Raptors had nine. No mm-hmm. one would ever suggest a stat head would say they win this game. They've won that game. 
But if you watch the game, it felt in watching that game, they were they were it felt like they were down the whole time and always just playing catch up. And it's that's where, you know, to your point, it's the, the Jazz just seemed to keep making those plays every time the Raptors would go on their run and make it close. And to your trade deadline question, so I just wanted to point that out, but the trade deadline question is this. If you were, and you'll remember this, they were gonna trade when Masai comes back, the rumors were Lowry's on the block, DeRozan's on the block, and Rudy Gay, who maybe would be their best player at the time, was on the block. They trade Rudy Gay, and it's almost like addition by subtraction. They bring back some role players and something clicks, right? Do you feel that being you know closer to the team, do you feel like it's the losing? Because sometimes when you have minor issues, winning makes all those minor issues go away, and losing makes those minor issues seem big. Is it a bigger issue than we're making? Sorry, is it, a, yeah, is it a bigger issue than we're making it? Or do you think it's just, it's a minor thing that, just one little tweak might make that big difference. Well, you know, you mentioned the spark that I mentioned it earlier uh, with that Rudy Gay trade. What 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 that did was uh, it filled four holes that you had. Some were small, some were bigger, mm-hmm. but suddenly your roster was more complete. And uh, I think what the Raptors have right now is they have a depth problem and they have a three-point shooting problem. So uh, when you do a trade uh, like Masai did with Rudy Gay uh, back then, it it kind of filled some needs and suddenly things just took off. Uh, I don't know what kind of trade will happen, could happen, might happen in the next Mm -hmm. few days, if at all. Um, But the question always is, uh, is it more, uh, are you addressing it because you feel like uh, you've gone as far as you can with this group and -hmm. now you want to turn these guys into assets and improve your talent level? Uh, Do you want to improve not only your talent level, but improve your depth, improve some holes that you have in your roster all within this? Or is this a talent for talent transaction and then in the offseason, you work around the edges and develop the depth and the shooting. So uh, your guess is as good as mine in terms of what it's going to play out to be. Mm-hmm. But I would say, you know, to your point, uh, Tony, uh, that, that when you look at last night, statistically, you're, you're dead on. And, and at the same time, if you watch the game and you know basketball, you say that the difference is Utah went to their bench and there was no drop-off. There was an uptick. Sure. When Toronto went to their bench, there was a drop-off. And I think that, to me, uh, kind of tells some of the story. And it kind of tells some of the story <clears throat> about what you just mentioned about the Rudy Gay trade, where now suddenly they went from a team that was top-heavy to more balanced. Mm-hmm. And roles kind of fit. Now, and uh, So it, it's, it's pretty magical, but that's what chemistry yeah. is. Yeah, because when I look at, like, again, when you look at the roster and you see you have Mm -hmm. an all-star in Fred Van Vliet, an all-NBA player in Pascal Siakam, a definite all-defensive team, I think, player in OG Ananobi. And then I look at their record and I think, what? But I think you're right. I think there is that that roster shakeup. And does it affect, do do you feel it? as traveling with the team, do you feel that there's a, you know, with all these rumors, right? Every day I see Fred's getting traded here. Trent's getting traded there. Uh, you know, Siakam's on the block. OG's on the block. Is it, is it hard for them to kind of drown that out and, and play? Or do you think it affects them a little bit? Oh, I, you know, they're human. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. 
it affects them a little bit, but on the whole, I'm, I'm super impressed with their professionalism and their focus and sure. the determination. Uh, if Fred Van Vliet gets traded in the next uh, seven days, uh, I won't think any less of him as a professional athlete because the guy shows up every day, punches the clock, and does his job, and he does it for the greater good. Gary Trent, Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi, they're all good guys, and they're all professionals. So to me, uh, yeah, I'm sure it creeps in here and there. But on the whole, I think they, these guys do a really good job. I mean, that's part of being a professional athlete. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, the greatest players have been rumored to be traded at some mm-hmm. point during their career. So it comes with the territory. Um, so I think these guys compartmentalize quite well. Yeah, that's what that's what being a professional is about. And uh, I think that a lot of it is to run wrap the players I mean, they still are competitive because they could just go in the tank, but they don't, right? And since we're on the subject of being competitive really quick, because I know we got to wrap this up, but at what point, Jack, did you feel like during that 18-19 season when you had Leonard, we can win this thing? We have a really, we have a real opportunity to win it. You know, it's interesting. I felt it that year. Mm-hmm. And I felt it actually the year before. Um and it just unfortunately didn't come together. They couldn't get by LeBron James. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was like I felt that the year after, actually, when LeBron, when Ka- Kawhi left, the following year, uh, I felt they were good enough before the pandemic hit. And uh, I'm sitting in Utah today, and I'll never forget March 9, twenty twenty. Uh, the last game the Raptors played was against the Jazz. And uh, I, I interviewed Serge Ibaka on the court after the game, and the Raptors played out of their minds. And mm-hmm. I got on the plane that night, and I'm like, these guys could win it again. Even though we don't have Kawhi and Danny Green, we could, this group can win it again. That's how – Tone and I, how, yeah. We, we've talked you know, about so that. There, yeah. So there was like a three-year window. I, I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. convinced, I'm convinced that if Kawhi Leonard stays, the Raptors are in the NBA Finals the following At minimum. Year. At minimum. So I'm, I'm convinced if Tracy McGrady stays in Toronto and plays with Vince Carter for another mm-hmm. five to seven years, they're probably in the NBA Finals three to five times during that mm-hmm. stretch. Mm-hmm. So it, it just it happens. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's why it's so important. The windows today in pro sports yeah, are, are so small. Mm-hmm. And you got when, when that moment happens, you gotta, you got to put all your eggs in the basket. You know, you could be critical of the fact that the Los Angeles Rams this year went what five and twelve or six and eleven. I don't know, but when right. it was time to put all the eggs in a basket and win a Super Bowl, they did that. They now did. they're paying for it. But guess what? You got what you wanted to get. Sure. Uh, so yeah, I, I, there was a, probably a three-year window there mm-hmm. uh, that uh, they they played at at, at an elite level. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and now unfortunately you pay for it a little bit. Uh, you know, the system works, salary cap works, the draft works, uh, the bad get good and the good, it gets harder to stay good. But and isn't it worth it any, though? Isn't it worth it though? Yeah, I mean, yes, the, it is, it's absolutely day, worth it. It has to be, it has to be but worth it, it. It is. But the one thing mm-hmm. then is that reality still has to, uh, exist. Mm-hmm. And the problem is now, uh, you can't uh, – we all want to win every year. There's only one team that wins at the end. Right. And you mentioned it earlier, uh, and, and I really – they're in every game. Like, they yeah. lost the other night in Phoenix. They lost in a close one last night. So, they're not far off. 
from being right. a pretty good team. And some nights they are a pretty good team. Now, are they a great team? Are they a top three team in the Eastern Conference right now? No. But are they in that next group? If maybe they had a little more depth, they could shoot a little better. Yeah, I'd say they would be. So uh, to me, they're not far off. Mm-hmm. Um, but 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 the, what happens is is when you win at a high level, and now things start to happen where you have to make decisions on who do I keep, who goes. I can yeah. only afford so much. The luxury tax, all that. Right it gets harder to sustain it. And that's what the Raptors are going through right now. So the question is going to be here in the next week, are we in a re- reboot or more of a restructure and right. a, or, or a rebuild? And, and I don't know yet until uh, I see how it plays out in the next seven days. Sure. All right. I'm going to let you go on this question. We didn't get, we didn't get you to sing. So we have to have you come back and sing. Um, I'm going to ask you this being a former coach, and now seeing the stuff that now Nick Nurse is coming under some some criticism, um, how does that affect a coach? So you've been in a situation where you know when you're whether you're winning, you're losing, you're hearing that stuff. Does Nick Nurse take some of that? Like obviously it's his team; he's going to take some of the brunt of that. But how does he how does he react in the second half? So you know, my prediction is after the All Star break, they're going to go on a run and make a playoff push. But that's just me; I might be a homer. Um, how do you think you are a homer, Tone? <laughs> Knock it off. Tone is the hey, Jack. This guy is the epitome of a homer, Jack. Just so you know, but I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh my god. I, I, you know, I, Nick. Uh, but that's that's the challenge now of being in leadership and coaching now. That suddenly here's a guy just a few years ago won the championship. The year after had, uh, you know, the team with the best record in the NBA. And then all hell broke loose with the pandemic. And then they had the Tampa. He did a great job last year with the team. And, you know, just things haven't clicked this year. Uh, it, you know, it, it's a fragile business. Um, but he's a, he, he's been there and done that at so many different levels and has paid his dues. And I'll just say this. And I had a, a, an executive from another team say to me the other night, hey, what's the deal with Nick Nurse? And I'm like, hey, man. If I were a president or a general manager of an NBA team, and you always have that in your up your top drawer in your desk, you always have that short list of people that if, if you have to make a decision, where would you turn next? He would be the number one guy on that list for sure. me. So if, if I am in one of the other 29 cities in the NBA and I'm going to make a change, if, if that's me I'm talking, Mm-hmm. Uh, I would have Nick number one on my list. I think he's that good. They used to, uh, Bum Phillips used to say this about Don Shula. He could take his and beat yours. He could take yours and beat his. Yeah. And I think Nick is that good. Mm-hmm. So uh, there are times that you look and you say, well, this team has a lot of talent and they should be better. And I'm looking saying, you know what? There's some nights I think he's keeping them in games uh, with his with his ability. You know, so sure. – uh, I think he'll be fine, and uh, and whether uh, you know whatever happens will happen. But mm-hmm. uh, Nick, uh, to me, is a, you know the, a great, great coach, and he and Dwayne Casey are the best two coaches the Raptors have ever had. 
No All question right. about it, Jack. And I, I 100% agree with you. If Nick was if Nick was let go today, he'd be he'd have a job by tomorrow. I know you got to go. It was great to talk to you, Jack. Um, we really we really appreciate you. Um, we much we much like to do it again. Um, this was this was absolutely fantastic. Thank you very much, right. Jack. I appreciate it, brother. Guys, my pleasure, and uh, have a great day and all the best. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no great to see you again. Have a safe flight. Thanks, Jack. All right, see you guys. All right, guys. Thank you.